0: Let me introduce myself, I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. So first off, I want to apologize for my voice, Uh, these allergies are kicking my ass, and I also went to a metal show this weekend, so yeah, can't really talk, but with that being said, what up and welcome to the Mean Joe Grizzly Podcast. I'm your host, Mean Joe Grizzly, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most underrated, underutilized, and underappreciated characters Marvel has ever created. I am, of course, talking about Marvel's Batman. AKA Moon Knight. Now, I'm sure that most of y'all have seen the trailers for Moon Knight series that is coming out on Disney Plus next week. I'm also sure that most of you have no idea who the hell Moon Knight is, but don't worry, because Mean Joe's got y'all covered. So, by the end of this episode, y'all should be familiar enough with the character that the series should make sense to y'all. That is, if they follow the comics with a decent amount of accuracy. And judging by the trailers, that does seem to be the case. So, with that, let's get started. Now, just like with most comic book characters, Moon Knight's origin is all over the place. So, I'm just going to start with his first appearance and then move on with his origin and make our way full circle and expand. So... Moon Knight would make his first appearance in Werewolf by Night number 32 in August of 1975. He was created by Doug Munch and artist Don Perlin. And in his first appearance, he was a mercenary that was hired by a group known as the Committee to capture Jack Russell, also known as the Werewolf by Night. With his suit and his arsenal of silver weapons, he manages to take down Jack and bring him in before the Committee. But Upon realizing that Jack Russell is just a victim of circumstance and not the true villain, Moon Knight turns on the committee and helps the beast take them down. So this story was just like a two or three issues little run on Werewolf by Night. And it proved to be so popular at the time and editorial at Marvel loved it. So they decided to feature him in a couple of books throughout the late 70s in the early 80s like Marvel Spotlight, Spectacular Spider-Man, Marvel 2-in-1, The Defenders, and a backup feature in Hulk Magazine. So really what Marvel would do is they would take a character that they were trying to introduce to readers and they would shop them around to different titles. And if those titles sold more, the more success that that, that that had, the more they would build up to the character getting its own solo series. So eventually Moon Knight would receive his own ongoing series in November of 1980 with Doug Munch returning as writer. It is here that we get the definitive origin of Moon Knight. Now this origin will be ultimately expanded upon and retconned over the years just like with most characters from comics. So. I'm going to give y'all his original origin, as it was told in Moon Knight number one, and then I'm going to pull from certain storylines here that'll give y'all the best overview of the character as I possibly can. So with that, let's move on to his origin. So, Mark Spector served as a Marine and briefly as a CIA operative before being dishonorably discharged after lying on his paperwork. He would then become a mercenary and be recruited by fellow mercenary and friend, Jean-Paul Ducamp, aka Frenchy. Now, the two would work on missions together for years until they take a mission in Sudan where they are contracted by a local warlord to quell a rebellion. It is here that they meet Raoul Bushman, A mercenary from Sudan with an appetite for blood and destruction. So while doing this mission, Mark becomes increasingly disgusted with Bushman's actions. Because he doesn't just stay focused on the mission and only kill when it's necessary for the mission like Mark and Frenchie do. He just wants to kill and he just wants to torture and rape and pillage. That's just all he wants to do, everything he does is atrocious. So eventually they come across this like archaeological dig in this small village and Bushman wants all the treasure and loot that is within this unearthed tomb. So what does he do? He kills the guy in charge which was a doctor named Dr. Peter Alrun, and then attempts to kill his daughter Marlene to get rid of any witnesses to the murder so which really doesn't make any sense because you know he's a mercenary he's already killing innocent people he doesn't really care about human life don't really know why he's trying to cover things up but you know comics there's that logic (laughs) so specter would ultimately have enough and face off against bushman but proved to be no match for him and bushman would just take him to the woodshed and beat him up and would leave Mark out in the desert without food water or shelter to die but Mark would make his way back to the dig site and the locals there would take him to the unearthed tomb and lay his body before the statue of Konshu, the moon god and Ultimately, Mark would die at the foot of that statue, but moments later, with Marlene as a witness, Mark would be revived and fully healed by Conchu, with the condition that Mark serves as his avatar and acts as Moon's Knight's Vengeance, the fist of Conchu. Mark would then don the silver hooded cloak that drapes over the statue of Conchu and track down and defeat Bushman it is then that mark marlene and Frenchie will return back to america to new york city and begin his campaign as as the crime fighter moon knight now sporting a white and silver kevlar weave bodysuit with the cloak of khonshu mark would be asked why the white and silver when he loses the element of surprise at night he would then claim that he is the light in the darkness and Conchu wants their enemies to know when he is coming. Mark would then create the persona of Steve Grant, the billionaire. This would be his key into funding his operations by starting a business with a small fortune he had made as a mercenary. He bought a mansion, and he bankrolled the operation with new weapons, equipment, and the moon copter. As it sounds, it is a moon-shaped helicopter. (laughs) He would also create another persona, Jake Lockley, a taxi driver, and this would give him, like, the connections with civilians, like, down the street level. And that would feed him information so that he could fight crime more effectively. It was kind of like uh, with Matches Malone with Batman. So, as you can see here, there's they kind of start drawing real big similarities between him and Batman at this point, uh, with one, one big, big difference. I don't know if you've noticed yet, but he's not just creating personas, he's creating personalities. So eventually, his crime fighting would lead him to discover the whereabouts and the knowledge of the criminal organization known as the Committee. And this is where we bring everything full circle to his first appearance, where he is hired by the Committee to track down and capture Jack Russell, a.k.a. the werewolf by night. And of course we know at the end of that, that story, the committee was taken down and disbanded. Now, Moon Knight would have many adventures and face off against many foes throughout the years, but having to maintain the identities of Mark Specter, Steve Grant, Jake Lockley, and Moon Knight would lead him to develop Dissociative Identity Disorder and Schizophrenia. This would be a staple of his character from now on and really to the point that his mental health made everybody question him like that if Conchie was even real. They just kind of looked at him as this crazy vigilante with multiple personalities. He's he's legitimately Batman with multiple personalities. (laughs) It also doesn't help when you're like extremely, extremely ruthless and brutal to criminals. Like Moon Knight is not like, Moon Knight is a lot like Ben Affleck's Batman from BVS at the beginning of the movie where he beats these criminals up sometimes to almost within an inch of their life and brands them with his Batarang. Moon Knight does the same thing he has, Moon has these another another thing that kind of makes him very similar to Batman is his arsenal of weapons he actually has these things called crescent darts and they look like little mini crescent moons and they're like razor sharp and I think at one point they were made out of animanium. I'm not sure if they still are Animanium being the metal that's grafted to Wolverine's skeleton the strong, strongest yeah, the strongest metal in the Marvel universe, so Moon Knight would do; he would brutalize and mutilate his the criminals that he would catch, sometimes to the point of cutting off limbs and stuff. So, Moon Knight never really had any credibility with the superhero community because of these violent actions that he would commit throughout his years as a crime fighter. And probably the best example of this was when the infamous committee would return once again to seek revenge against Moon Knight and they would hire Raul Bushman to face off against the anti-hero and you know what better person to pick than the person who killed him the first time so as you can guess the fight between Bushman and Moon Knight is ridiculously brutal and gory and the end result ends up being Moon Knight's legs being injured to the point where he can no longer walk and Bushman having his face literally carved off by Moon Knight. Moon Knight takes one of his crescent darts and carves off Bushman's face, and then takes that face and drapes it over the statue of Kanchu as a kind of twisted, sick, like tribute to the god. It's just—it's just really gnarly, and. It's, it's almost like sitting back watching this hero just descend into villainy and not to keep referring to Batman even though this is Marvel's version of Batman but it's almost like when uh, Harvey Dent on the Dark Knight was saying uh, you either you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Uh, it's, it's very much like that because he goes from being this this bare knuckle vigilante that gets the job done you know and doesn't necessarily kill all his villains but you know heavy handedly defeats all his villains and all the criminals that he faces off against but he never was this sociopathic like psychopathic monster that was mutilating people until really until this story I mean everybody knows throughout throughout Marvel, the history of Marvel comics, Moon Knight ain't nobody to mess with. He's a lot like the Punisher, but the Punisher straight up kills people. Moon Knight mutilates people. So it's like he, and all this is seemingly stemming from Conchu. He has to appease Conchu, and the way he appeases Conchu is by committing these horrendous acts of violence against these criminals and stuff. So Without the use of his legs and his fortune exhausted and his friends and allies abandoning him, Moon Knight was no more. Until the community decided they were going to finish him off once and for all by hiring one of my favorite villains in comics. Tony Masters, a.k.a. The Taskmaster. And I know what some of y'all are thinking, if y'all don't read comics, the way you have heard that name is that was the main villain of the black widow movie it was the girl that was brainwashed that could switch between everybody's fighting styles and stuff uh yeah not like that in the comics (laughs) much better in the comics uh tony masters is the man that guy he's the guy who everybody goes to to train their men because he knows all fighting styles because all he has to do is watch someone fight one time and he can seemingly fight just like them. Now he can't copy superpowers, but he can copy their techniques and the way that they fight and their style. So he's just a really, really cool villain that was very, very underutilized in the Black Widow movie. But I digress. So the committee send Taskmaster to finish off Moon Knight, and he proceeds to do that. He goes to Steve Grant's mansion where Mark is sitting sulking feeling sorry for herself, and he beats Mark within an inch of his life. But by the grace of Kanchu, Mark seemingly finds the strength to don his costume again, hop in the Mooncopter, and confront the committee in their skyscraper by crashing the Mooncopter into the skyscraper. And this is like one of the most badass moments of Moon Knight's whole publication history when he steps in He dispatches the the committee and then he confronts Taskmaster and he actually strikes so much fear into Taskmaster that Taskmaster actually gives up and is groveling and pisses itself. It's like super crazy. So with them defeated, Moon Knight would go on to resume his activities and around the time when this was going on, this is when Civil War was going on in the comics, so his methods and how he deals with criminals would eventually bring him right into direct contact with Tony Stark Iron Man who was leading off the Superhero Registration Act at the time. But moving on, years later, Mark would split the Moon Knight personality. Moon Knight would be the muscle and continue as the Fist of Khonshu but then his new personality, Mr. Knight, which is, if you remember in the trailer, there's a scene where There looks like there's a version of Moon Knight that is in a all white tuxedo and has like this mask that completely covers his head that's all white as well. That personality is known as Mr. Knight and Mr. Knight is like the detective side of Moon Knight. Uh, He's like the liaison to the police, he's the crime scene investigator. Just He does all of the detective work and all the investigating. And he's also the priest of Kanchu. So, again, it kind of ties more similarities to Batman with the whole detective thing. Because before, Moon Knight was just the guy that goes out and just beats up criminals. <laughs> and it's, so, still, though, no, I think it expands the character very nicely. So, But it's also around this time that Mark seeks out a psychiatrist so that he can officially like manage and cope with his mental health. And this is when he learns that he actually doesn't have disassociative identity disorder or schizophrenia, but instead he suffers from brain damage due to the physical alteration of his brain by Khonshu. And these physical alterations were caused by him trying to maintain a connection with Conchu. So his personalities, which Jake Lotley, Steve Grant, Moon Knight, Mark Spector, and now Mr. Knight, they were all a result of his mind trying to adjust to the changes that Conchu made. This would be a constant struggle for Mark. And Moon Knight would also go on to face off against many other enemies over the years, like avatars from other Egyptian gods vampires, serial killers, and even werewolves, all the while still coping with his multiple personalities and Kanchu consistently trying to bend into his will or take over completely. So he would take on his newest endeavor, the creation of the Midnight Mission, a haven for those who walk at night. Now, of course, I didn't cover everything about Moon Knight. Uh, we just ain't got enough time to do all that. It's, this episode would be hours long if I did that. So, this is just a brief overview of the character. But in the future, when the season's over with, I'm going to give the season review and I'm probably going to talk about any of the important characters that it introduces as well as its impact on the MCU. But... I want to try to do something a little different with these episodes after we explain a character's origin in the background. I want to give out a little bit of reading recommendations. So if you want to get into Moon Knight, I recommend these titles. So you can find all these on Comicsology, and I would start out with the Marvel Epic Collection Moon Knight Volumes 1, 2, and 3, which that right there is enough to keep you busy for a while. Considering that all three of those are like three and four hundred pages long, and then I would move and then I would move on to Moon Knight Volume One, the bottom. This is the real brutal Moon Knight story that I was talking about earlier. I feel like that's a very a very essential Moon Knight reading. And then I would probably read Jeff Lemire's run on Moon Knight. You can find all this on Algae. I recommend y'all go out and read all these. I promise you they won't disappoint. And with that, we are going to bring this episode to a close. Thank you all so much for your continued support and patience. Thank you all for dealing with my nasty voice today, even though I'm pretty sure my voice is nasty all the time. Uh, If you liked any of the music, like for my intro song, check out Zombie Hyperdrive. Those guys make solid synthwave music. And if you liked any of the music played in the background throughout the episode, check out Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. He's on YouTube and Spotify and Apple, wherever you listen to music at. Both are solid artists. Uh, Next episode, I'm going to be talking about Morbius and uh, make you a little more familiar with the character before the movie comes out. So stay tuned for that. And I hope you all have a better understanding of Moon Knight after this episode with his confusing background. But until then, remember... I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch.